Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can in turn inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host and Chief Running Officer, Dean Thompson. Run Run for God founder Mitchell Hollis is back in the house after Lane filled in quite well for him last week. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Dean. <laughs> How'd you like that title? I like it. Yeah, I think... I think I'm just the janitor, right? <laughs> no, not quite. I don't, but... I don't mind wearing that badge. <laughs> Darren, you know, Darren Lewis is the one that uh, came up with that moniker back Darren's full of witty comments. Yes, he's he is. A, he, yeah. Um, yeah, if you're out there, Darren, uh, yeah, thanks for the uh, the creativity. We'll both be getting a text after this um, this airs and I am with sure. another witty comment. <laughs> I gotta, you got to love him. That is correct. <laughs> yes. On the podcast today, we're going to share a great story from Elizabeth Morey. If you have ever wondered if God just forgot about you and left you behind, then you're going to love this story. Uh, and if if you rem, you'll you'll know that name, Elizabeth Morey, if you're active mm-hmm. at all within Run Club. And then I'm going to prove to many people who are listening right now that we know less than we think we do in a story called "Learning to Fly." <laughs> Although, I will say this, I asked my college girls this question about this, this story, and mm-hmm. I was highly disappointed. So we'll, we'll see how it really? goes with this crowd. Yes. Uh, hey, Lane did really well last week, didn't he? He did. Yeah, he's a uh, – he can talk. He, uh, you get him on a roll, and, and he's usually quiet, but you, you get him on a tear. You know, his mom's good at, at, good at doing this. He, <laughs> yeah. he, Lane can get on a tear sometimes and uh, – but yeah, he he did good. Yeah, yeah. It's a good thing he's busy trying to be an Olympian and graduate high school. Otherwise, we might have to we might have to replace you. Well, you know, I don't mind taking a back seat. <laughs> don't mind a bit. <laughs> We're going to do that for the next two weeks, actually. Yeah, I'm not going to be here for the next two weeks. That's right. We got a really awesome guest next week. Rebecca McGeorge is coming down to share her story, and then I think you've got one of your college girls coming in to, right. to fill my seat in two gonna, weeks. It's going to be here the week after. So uh, she's she's got a, a pretty special story, and she's a special girl. I mean, yep. she I've really enjoyed following her. Hey, one one thing we're going to do this week, and we're going to start doing this week, is uh, we you know we've got sponsors, uh, or we've got people that support Run for God, and and we're going to start doing our part in in sharing about those sponsors and uh, and telling you a little bit about them. If if you're out there and you own a business and and you want to become a partner of Run for God, feel free to reach out. Actually Lane is the one that's kind of heading this up. So uh, you can email run lane hollis. That's an appropriate name. Run lane hollis at gmail.com uh, and he can get you all the information on that. But but our but our sponsor this week's a really special one. Uh, the is. guy that owns this company has been on this podcast before but it's um it's front runner athletics and uh, you know as as followers of Christ we're told to put on the whole armor of God and at front runner they understand that and as a runner um you also have gear that you need to protect yourself and and front runner knows that and they they sell shoes um front runner athletics is a family owned specialty store that helps fit you with quality gear that will help you run and not grow weary um 
not to mention they're longtime supporters of, of Run yep. for God. So if you live in the Chattanooga area, go by and visit Chad and the staff over there. Uh, they're off of Hickson Pike. Uh, you can also visit them at frontrunnerathletics.com. And if you go and you visit them and you buy some gear there, just mention Run for God, and they'll give you 10% discount, yeah. which is really cool. So thank you to Front Runner Athletics, all of our all of our sponsors. We, we can't do what we do without them. Absolutely. Thank you so much, too. And Chad is. Chad's got a heart for people, too. He puts on a race every year that is done through FCA. Yeah. So he's a Fellowship of Christian Athletes, big supporter of yeah. them yeah. every year. So. Uh, last week I shared a Facebook post, and so I just I love I love some of these Facebook posts, and so this week I thought I would share another one from this past week, and this one is from and I I, I apologize Daniel if I mess up your last name it's Keywell Keywell I'm not sure how you say his last name, uh, but he has a devotional book that he has written. Um, he worked for the RRCA or may may still work with the RRCA. I'm not sure. Um, his devotional book is called Strong to the Finish, a 50-day devotional for the marathon of real life. And so he wrote this in a blog a few years back, and um, he, he shared this. And so I thought I would just, just share it on here for those maybe that didn't see it on the Facebook post. And it's called The Last Six Miles. And he recommends you start off by reading Psalm 90. We're not going to go to Psalm 90, but we're going we're gonna to read the rest of it. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Of course, that is 2 Timothy 4, 6, and 7. The last six miles of a marathon are some of the most physically and emotionally daunting miles I have ever run. In preparation for my latest marathon, my coach asked me a while back what I would use to get me through the last six miles of the race, and I think this morning God gave me an answer, and hopefully it can others too, uh, with their own struggles. Here's what I told her. Just some of the thoughts, some thoughts this morning. You asked me a little bit back about what would get me through the last six miles, and I think I figured it out this morning, challenged by Psalm 90. What if those six miles were the last six miles I ever ran? What would I, and even more, God, want them to be? I don't want them spent in worry or anxiety over what might happen or dwell in despair on the pain. I want, the run, I want to run the last six miles with an inexpressible gratitude to God for the journey he allowed me to run and with the joy of what the finish line will bring. I want to praise him for every step he gives me. And in that praise, make the last six miles my best six. I want to know I gave him my whole heart and held nothing back. I want to run with love for him and with love for everyone he has allowed me to take up this journey with. It will be hard, no doubt. But I also know that he's carried me this far, and he'll still be there when the miles are the most difficult. With that, I can run with hope and joy no matter what. So I think that answers the question for me. I want to run the last six miles like they're the last ones I will ever run, with a heart full of hope, love, and joy. And I think this is the same way I want to live each day, as if it were my last. Life is fleeting and frail. I'm never promised tomorrow, so I want to make the most of the gift of each day he gives me and honor him in my steps and find joy in the journey. This is how I want to run each mile of my race. How would you want to run yours? Um, and he, he offers a prayer that says, Lord, I simply ask for the joy, wisdom, and gratitude to live today as if I didn't have tomorrow. 
Help me to run my race strong and with joy, remembering what is truly important in light of eternity. Hmm. What a great post, right? Live like you were dying. Yeah. Yeah. Every, yeah. That's uh, that's what I thought of when, when you were reading that. That's just, that's so important that we keep that mindset. That, yeah. Because it may, it may be our last. Right. Um, and so, yeah, that's a... And a lot of wisdom had, there. You've had you had, you had cancer at one mm-hmm. time, and so I'm sure in that in that time you you couldn't help but look that in the face a little bit, right? And think about that. Yeah. So a lot of us, I've never had that opportunity to see that. I say opportunity. I mean, that's a burden. It's a hard thing to deal with, but um, we should all think that way, though. Sure. And at least contemplate it. So uh, the trivia question last week was from Lane, if you remember, <laughs> if you were listening. I'm and, sure it's a geeky question then, a geeky running question, because <laughs> all that kid does is watch running videos. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. And the question was, who holds the record for the 10K on the track, and what is the time? I knew who, but not what time. Yeah, yeah. Joshua Cheptegei. Joshua Cheptegei doesn't only hold that record. Mm-hmm. He set three records in 2020. Yeah, the fi- we talked about it on this podcast. I think didn't I we? think we did yeah. the five k on the road, the five k on the on the uh, track, track, and the ten k on the track. It just so happens he also does hold the ten k on the road record too. <laughs> he just set that in two thousand nineteen. Mm. So what a slacker! <laughs> uh, yeah, that re- and that record for the ten k on the track was fifteen years old. I mean, it wasn't a, an easy record, but yeah, uh, but he did, and he didn't just beat it by a little. He beat it by a pretty good bit. Yeah. Uh, and of course, that race was organized by his training group, which is called NN Running Team. Um, it's uh, the they called it the Valencia World Record Day, in Val- and it was in Valencia, Spain. Uh, and it was uh, the guy. He's from Uganda. Mm-hmm. Chepta guy's from Uganda, uh, and his time was uh, twenty six eleven. The previous world record was twenty six seventeen by Kenanisa Bekele, and. So six seconds for for a record is, it's is a lot. pretty substantial yeah. margin, um, and a lot of people I think look at that and they think, oh, it was just six seconds. That's a long That's way. That's a long way. That's yeah. Long way. Um, and he he believes that he can run under twenty six minutes. Actually, the weather that day, if I recall, was not great. It was really? a little, little bit. It was a little bit warm, and it was a little bit humid that day. Yeah. And so he feels like he can run faster, and that maybe he can run under twenty six minutes. And so the, the thought of that is yeah. just incredible. How much? How, how many of those six seconds were the shoes? Yeah, I'm We've saying. We beat this drum enough, but. Yeah, I'm saying that uh, there was. A, were eight seconds the shoes? <laughs> no, no. I, I'm saying that 20 to 30 seconds were the shoes. Really? And that he wouldn't have broke this record had it not been for the shoes. That's my opinion. Yeah. So <laughs> that may be controversial. I'm sure it would be controversial. It is selling Nike a lot of shoes. I know that. <laughs> yes, it is. Lane got a pair of trainers in and a pair of spikes last week, and they're all on this. They're not those exact shoes, but they're all on this platform of it's. They're legal. They're yeah. perfectly legal, but they're mm-hmm. both pushing the boundaries. And and I mean, I you you have to wonder. We've talked about this a lot of times. Lane in his mind thinks these shoes are going to make him way faster and i think a lot of it is because he believes that they will they make will. him faster mm-hmm. so how much 
how much is the shoes actually making you faster and how much of the shoes is giving you the mental boost to think you can be faster therefore you are faster there's a doesn't matter there's a lot that goes on there but it doesn't matter you're right yeah it It does make people they do make people faster yep yep i love joshua chapter guy and his attitude towards running he's a really good ambassador for running and i Mm -hmm. like guys like that and he says uh he said and quote the world record means something great to me Um, he told race organizers we are trying to write history because we want people to know that track is still exciting and we want to give it all Hmm. Uh, just a like i said just a a good guy you could tell by list i listened to that when he spoke those words mm-hmm. and they were more heartfelt than I can even give them. He right. was, he just really, you can tell he's a big proponent right. of track and field. Uh, they did this wave light technology. I don't know if you, did you see the thing when he did it? I, I haven't actually seen the race, but I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Where the lights go around the track at, at the right pace. And Lane was watching a track meet the other night where they were doing that. It, yeah. You, you know, usually you see the box where it has the, world record time and all that down in the corner but now they have it's like a laser going around the track and the track the laser is at world record pace yeah so which is also another advantage it is to the runner because you're able to visually see the world record pace and so you know while pacing many times is is not allowed that is a pacer well, usually there is pacing allowed. So I would say that when Ken and Nisa... Right, Michaela, but you're relying on somebody's... You you're are. not relying on technology to pace you. That's that right. pacer could be off. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. We saw that last night. We had one of our athletes pacing another athlete in the mile, and <laughs> the pacer was off. The pacer was off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That so, doesn't help yeah. if the pacer's off. Um, and there were a couple of pacers in this race as well. Mm-hmm. So not only did he have the light, but he also had some people running in front of him to pace him. And uh, yeah. so they, they brought him through 1,600 in 412, 3,000 meters in 752, 5,000 meters in 1307. So listen to that. He ran the first half in 1307, which means he was faster over the second half. He ran mm-hmm. 1304 for the second half. And just the idea that somebody can run a 1307, which – for for anybody other than an absolute 100% world class athlete is an in, is like it's out of this insane. world. Yeah. It would win the NCAA championship sure. by a long way, and this this guy did that and then ran faster. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. And then about 5,200 meters, he ran the last 4,800 meters by himself. So because there's nobody that can face him past that. <laughs> Uh, so it was, uh, and it was interesting to look at his splits. His splits were so crazy consistent. He every lap between the second lap and the twenty-third lap was between fifty-two point seven and excuse me, sixty-two point seven and sixty-three point two seconds. So they were all within a half-second window every single lap for twenty-three laps. Hmm. That's unbelievable. That's like a metronome there. It's it, just tick-tock. It really is. But it was also a 37-second personal best for him, too, Yeah, which is even <laughs> as fast as you are. Wow. So anyway, um, he like I said, he has broke some other world records, and he holds all of those world records. So what's cool is I think that in a year that's filled with a bunch of upheaval and uncertainty, 
you know, because of this whole pandemic and stuff, you know, Cheptegei said that he hoped that his performance could provide a bright spot for people and the way they look at, well, not just running, but all sports, because well, let's face it, we need some hope in these days. Yeah, we do. There's a lot of people who are who are down on their <clears throat> their thoughts these days. So, hey, we have we have trucker hats, don't we? We do. I love trucker hats. I know you do. I know we you do. do. I'm not a big trucker hat fan. Myself. We got we got some new gear, um, especially if you're part of the run club. Uh, if you log in and go to the store, we've got some new gear. We've got the marathon gear out. Uh, of course, we've had the run club gear, but we've got the trucker hats and um, all different cool, all different kinds of, of cool things. Um, so go, yeah, go check that out. Yeah. Well, as always, we are proud to be sponsored by the world's greatest digital music platform, JE Radio. While you are working hard to keep your body in shape physically, the music you listen to while you run can help keep you in shape spiritually. We have partnered with J Radio to put together a group of running playlists by Mitchell, Lane, Holly, me, and others that you hear on the Run Club podcast. Plus, you can listen to a playlist put together by members of Run Club just like you. Check out the whole station of Run For God playlist now at jradio.com and in the J Radio app. As always, you can send messages to Dean at Run For God. If you have a question, and I get emails daily from folks within Run Club that ask me questions, and um, hopefully I'm able to help some. Some just uh, just wanted a yes or no question, and some have some more in-depth questions, but we try to answer all we can. So if you've got questions, let me know. If you've got ways that you think we can do things better, mm-hmm. su- we take suggestions, right? We don't know it all. That's right. And we're not too proud to copy anybody or use somebody else's <laughs> idea. So, so uh, yeah, so help us out with that. And if you just happened upon this podcast and you're listening and you're thinking, what is this whole Run for God thing about? then you can go to runforgod.com or runforgodrunclub.com, and you can learn more. We would love for you to join us in the Run For God Run Club. We try to make running a little bit more enjoyable for all of us, try to keep ourselves motivated. Uh, Most importantly, we try to keep our running Christ-focused. Yeah, and you can do it all for 27 cents a day. My goodness. I mean, almost almost a piece of bubble gum a day that you can be a member of this club, and it's awesome. I love it. A couple of trips to Starbucks. Or, uh, or if what? you're my wife, one trip to Starbucks. Yeah, a, a trip month. to a trip to Starbucks <laughs> a month, or or Run Club. That's that's a no brainer. <laughs> so, hey, share your story too. We want to hear your story. We talk about it all the time. Where everybody has, a we're going to talk about it a lot today. We are, we are, and your story is important. It is, and it's very so important. We want to hear it. We need to hear some more stories. So, if you're part of Run Club, remember if we get if I get somebody's story and they're from Run Club, we put you right at the head of the line. Sure. So we've got a couple more that are kind of in line right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, hey, we can This get you story that we're going to read today was probably penned, what, just a couple weeks ago? Yeah. At the most? Yeah, um, that's right. So, yeah. So it's, it's pretty new, pretty new. But it is from a Run Club person. So, and maybe you'd like to share your story live. Mm. We had Angie came mm-hmm. and shared her story live. Next week, Rebecca McGeorge is going to come and share her story live, and so we would love to have more live sure. folks. So if you're if you're of a, of the kind that would like to do that, then uh, 
hit us up because yeah. we'll we'll try to make that happen if we if you, I if don't you mind get taking a back seat anytime. So yeah, <laughs> we would love to have you. Uh, well, before we get to the story, the Couch to Marathon, how, how are we doing? Well, you know, I I, I kind of say that I'm I'm kind of an index for for this uh, Couch to Marathon because I'm doing it too. You know, I, I took a kind of a hiatus from running and I walked a lot, and uh, so I'm actually started this program just like everybody else is doing, it. and I'm doing it week by week. I'm not jumping ahead. Let me repeat that. I'm not jumping ahead for all of you out there who are jumping ahead. I see your post. I know who you are. Don't do that. But I, one thing I've had to learn, Dean, is, you know, back when I was running a lot, and, and there, was, there was a day when I ran 50-plus miles a week, um, and I had that, you know, everybody kind of has their natural cadence, their natural pace, and right. I'm convinced that everybody is different. But my natural feel good pace was eight eight thirty pace and that's just what was comfortable sometimes i would run faster sometimes i would run slower but that was kind of if i just went out and ran that was the pace i did and so in these intervals i've just kind of reverted back to that pace but what i'm learning is as we're as these intervals are getting longer and longer i'm already seeing the handwriting on the wall here in a couple weeks when we're going to hit week eight I'm, it's going to be like a Mack truck hit me if I try to continue my 8.30 pace. I'm going to have to slow down yeah. to to really stay, not comfortable, but to stay where I can complete these um, and feel real good about it. Yeah. So, And I, I'm convinced that there's others out there exactly where I'm at. You feel like you need to be running a certain pace, but your fitness is saying otherwise. This is where you listen to your body. You know, mm-hmm. we don't prescribe paces. We prescribe intensity, and these are supposed to be slower runs while you're getting started, and you need to be able to have a conversation pace. You know, Dean Stamper, my next-door neighbor who's been on this podcast also, um, it's, you know, especially when guys get together, and I know girls do this too, um, but sometimes we tend to subconsciously, yep. I'll speed up, then Dean will speed up, and then I'll speed up, and he'll speed it. And next thing I know, I look down, and we're running a 750 pace. And I'm like, we've got to slow down. And he's think, he said, I'm thinking the same thing. <laughs> so you kind of got that natural competition thing going. But So for all of you out there who are thinking, I can't maintain this pace when we hit eight, week eight and I have to run for 20 minutes, you may be right, and you're probably right. So go ahead and start backing it down now. And yep. really training yourself because this this marathon, it is a marathon. You know, that's a cliche that's out there. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Well, this literally is yeah. a marathon. So you may need to back it down. After. I know I do. I have to back it down to continue on the way I want to continue on. Well, and this is not a unique problem to folks within this community it's and not. doing what we're doing and new runners because I, if if – I know that there are a bunch of folks out there listening that follow me on Strava mm-hmm. and, because I get the notifications like crazy. And you're, you're watching me, and you notice that there will be days where I'll run – I may run at 640 pace one day, but you also notice that the next day I may run at 840 pace right. because we need to run slower sometimes. And if our body is telling us to do that, then yeah. we need to do that. And that's in, that's important because if you don't listen to your body, if you think that every day you need to run faster than the day before, you're gonna you're gonna wind up hurt. 
and it's not going to be any fun. You're going to wind up on the sidelines, and you're going to be going, man, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Or you may not even know what happened. You'll just you'll just know that you're bummed. Right. So if your body's telling you slow down, slow down. There's and, nothing wrong with that. And I hear some people say, well, I can't run any slower. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> hey, have you ever been truly hungry? Are you asking, do you mean physically or spiritually? Well, either way, you're going to love this story from a very special lady, Elizabeth Morey. Again, if you are on the Facebook group, you've seen posts from Elizabeth. Elizabeth and Brian, they're Team Morey, we call them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I sent her a message this morning, and I said, I just got done reading your story, going through the questions, and I can't wait to go talk about it today. Yeah. It's, it's one of those stories. Yeah. Her story is called... What are you hungry for? I grew up in a very poor home. I never met my real dad, and the guy my mom decided to marry wasn't any better. I can't remember my mom or stepdad ever having a job. They lived off the government and received help to pay bills. I didn't grow up in church. The only time we went to church was for holidays and to get food from the food bank. It was so embarrassing being that family. I was, I was the only child my mom had. I had two stepsisters and one stepbrother, and it was a disaster. My mom endured anger and neglect along with so much more that no person should ever have to deal with. I was never shown any love, and I would lock myself in my room and avoid interaction with anyone in my home. Still hungry and striving for someone to care and to show me love, one of my friends invited me to an after-school program at her church on Wednesdays right after school. It was a place to hang out and, until we ate, and then we would have church. Food. That was all that caught my attention, and truthfully, it was the only reason I went. But God had bigger plans. Our pastor announced that there would be a confirmation class and anyone could sign up. My friend and I did just that. 12 weeks of learning who God is and who we are in Him. I didn't know it was possible to be loved in such a way. I was 13 when I accepted Jesus Christ. I wish I could say my life was different, but it wasn't. Life at home only seemed to get worse. I moved out twice that year, once with my grandparents and another with my youth pastor. And then I found myself back at home. My life continued to be the same. I eventually got myself out of my home situation and was living on my own at 17. A year later, I helped my mom. I still felt lost with no hope or purpose at home. Fast forward six years, and I met a man who truly cared for me and didn't see all of my mistakes and didn't believe I was the person people said I was. To me, it was remarkable to have a relationship with this much love and kindness. From the time of being saved at 13 to age 23, I was lost with no hope or guidance. God used Brian to bring me, the prodigal daughter, back to a life he had called me to 10 years prior. For two years, Brian helped me and showed me the love Christ had for me and that there are good people in the world. I still keep myself isolated from people. After all, I grew up that way. So I got out of my comfort zone and started to search for a small group. Well, I found one, and it seemed like no other. So I gave it a try. 
Me being the introvert that I am, I had reservations, but attended my first Run for God class in 2015. But after that class, I didn't want to go back. Thank God for my husband being the good man that he is. He told me either I needed to drive myself or he would take me. (laughs) I finished the 12-week class, and boy, did that spark a fire. My relationship with God has only deepened, and the love for running continues. I make sure I always wear a Run for God shirt at every race. It is the easiest way for me to witness. Whether people ask about my shirt or how I started running, it all points to Jesus. Faith and running. Who knew they were so similar? I have since led a few classes and now have the privilege of being a Run for God ambassador. But most importantly, I'm a child of God who gets to share my story at every run. I'm thankful my husband believed in me and continued to push me out of my comfort zone. I never knew what I was called to do before. But now I know I'm called to run and be a light and a witness. Looking back, I was not only hungry for food for my body, but starving for food for my soul. Jesus says it best. In John 6, 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. I know now I will never be hungry again. That's an awesome story, Elizabeth, and, and kudos to her for doing it. You know, the devil uses the, the lie to create terms like that family. She, used, yeah. she put that in, in quotations. I was that family. Um, and that's why sharing your testimony is so important. I was that family. You know, yeah. I've told my story on here before. I've told my dad's, my dad's story on here before. Personal stories are what bring us together. Yeah. They're what unite us. And I, it's why the devil will use the thought in our head, well, my story's not great. Etc. It's embarrassing. It's whatever. He'll use those things to silence us. And I, I know exactly how hard it was for her to write that. And so, so kudos to her for doing that. It's hard to read. It's, it is. It's a hard story to read just because you can just feel the emotion of it. And it's not the, it's not the sad part of the story that's hard to read it's the redemption it's the redemption and it's the the idea of just thinking about how god has transformed her into a just completely different human being today because of it and i've never heard the i've never heard somebody say the prodigal daughter yeah but that was cool because that's exactly what it was absolutely golly so yeah i'm still having a hard time uh (laughs) Psalm 149.14 says, I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. You know, God will, God will use everything about us to point people to him if we allow it. Yeah. I made some notes. I said, you know, he used my lack of speed to relate to people in this ministry. We just talked about it. I'm, I'm right with everybody right now. He used your abundance of speed to inspire people in this ministry. Um, he's using Elizabeth's dysfunctional upbringing 
to prove exactly what God tells us in that verse, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, he, he doesn't preface that with anything either. It's, it's not if you're rich, then you're fearfully and wonderfully made. It's not if you're fast, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Think about how different things would be if the three people that I just mentioned respo- responded differently to their situations. What if, what if I refused not to allow God's plan because I was a slow runner, because I didn't know the Bible like yeah. I should? Think about what if, what if you chose to be an arrogant runner because of how fast you are? What if Elizabeth chose not to share her story because society says that she's damaged. Sit and think about those three situations. If, if God didn't use our situations for his glory and, and we, we decided to do what society says we should do, we wouldn't be sitting here. You're right. Elizabeth, you know, this, she, she found a ministry that helped her come out of her share and ultimately I have no doubt no doubt in my mind. That's why I messaged her this morning that her story is going to ring a lot of bells yeah. of people that's going to hear it today. And but we're all fearfully and wonderfully made, and there's there's no there's no prerequisite to that. Yeah. It's just it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's just so hard for people when when you're in the situation and you grow up the way that Elizabeth did, and mm-hmm. it, and as sad as that is. It's why it's so important for sure. us to be witnessing to everybody. I, I think there's times where I'll never forget, and I don't even know if I should share this on here, but I went into a home uh, during Christmas time to help somebody during Christmas, and the the conditions that they were living in was really, really, really sad. Mm-hmm. And I just remember thinking at that point in time how – incredibly unfeeling I am about when I see people out and about and you don't know how people live at Mm-mm. home I have right. no idea um, we met Brian and Elizabeth when they came down for the 4th of July race that we had a mm-hmm. couple of years ago and got a, got a chance to really talk with them a good bit and uh, gosh I never knew mm-hmm. you know I would never have thought that and I I always think about people who you meet you have no idea what they're going through and sometimes we treat people flippantly when they sure. could be struggling and they could be going through a really hard time right now and we just don't know it and somebody walked by elizabeth then somebody walked by you when you were going through stuff with your dad and just that doesn't cross our mind hmm. but we should really believe that everybody around us needs to hear some positive words absolutely yeah Good word. First Peter three fifteen, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. That gets to the heart of the Run for God ministry, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just being ready to share your story. We've talked about that over and over and over and over again, and we have people sharing their stories and. Yeah, you know, people who have no hope. This is this is what we all need to understand. People who have no hope are searching for it, 
and always showing the highlight reel of our life, i.e. Facebook, social media, can many times push those people into into deeper despair. Yeah. I mean, we, we like to share the good things. And there's and nothing wrong with sharing the no, good no, things. No, there's not. There's not. There's not. You know, you go to, and I purposely did this. I went to Brian and Elizabeth's Facebook page before we came up here. I mean, so much joy. I mean, they're, yeah. they love to take pictures before they go run. And it's, it's, not the, it's, not the, it's not the staged pictures that you see so much on Facebook. You know, they're liable to have a dog or cat flipping upside down in the background or their daughter. You know, they're just, they're full of joy. But it's, it's my conviction that this is why the word defense is used here. Um, this is why we can't rely solely on our Facebook, our highlight reels to point people to Christ. You know... Face, going to Facebook and seeing her and seeing Brian and their daughter and their there's there's so much joy and it it does point people to Christ seeing that. But hearing her story now, wow! I mean, yeah. it it brings Christ to life in her story. Yeah, you know, it, it's kind of like I used to not be a Toby Mac fan. I just. Not, not because I have anything against his music. I just wasn't a Toby Mac fan. I just didn't like that kind of music. Right. Until I saw him in concert. Right. And I heard his testimony. Yep. I'm the biggest Toby Mac fan there is now. Yep. It's not because of the, the music. It's because of the story behind the music. Yeah. And I was a fan of Brian and Elizabeth before I ever heard her story because you, you, you see how they live their life right now. But I'm even more of a fan now than I know the story. And I can see the, the picture that God painted it's it's why our stories are so important. As bad as they may be, and as embarrassed of your story as you might be, there's no reason to be embarrassed because it's God's story. We were we were fearfully and wonderfully fearfully made. and wonderfully made. Yeah. And it's there again. There's no prerequisite to that. It's we are, yeah. Not we are if we are, and yeah. our story is fearfully and wonderfully made. It's it's a story that was designed and produced by god yeah so we shouldn't be ashamed of it is are some of our stories dark yeah but everybody not everybody a lot of people are going through dark times right now mm-hmm. and need to know that there's light that's in those right. dark times and so and that's the best way to see light is to know somebody else or to meet somebody else or to hear somebody's story that went through those dark times especially if you're there are people possibly right now listening to us talk that are in those dark times right now and might listen to this and hear this and go wow that's amazing and head at a full run (laughs) pardon the pun toward toward that thought or that that feeling of uh, that's what i want because the devil will make you think you're the only one i'm sure that there was a time in elizabeth's life where she thought i'm the only one dealing with this yeah. I'm the only one dealing with this, and it's just not true. Nope, nope. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. And he, he has said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content with weakness, with insults, with distresses, with, pre- with uh, precautions, 
persecutions, excuse me, I'm having a hard time seeing here, persecutions with difficulties uh, for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. What it's saying is we can be confident in knowing that our past, no matter how bad it is, can point people to Christ. Yeah. No, no matter how vanilla you may think it is. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the other end of the spectrum is people say, I don't have a story like Elizabeth's. Yeah. I don't I wasn't in prison and come out of drugs and what I my story's just plain. What there's no story of salvation that is plain. That is fact. It's a miracle because mm-hmm. we're all deserving of eternity separated from Christ. So every time that there's a change to that, a salvation story, it's a miracle. That's right. And God can use every one of the stories, no matter how bad it is or how vanilla you may think it is, because there's not a vanilla salvation story. There's just not. Yeah. I think one of the things about this that this says, that it says it very directly and very strongly, is I want to feel weak, right? Mm-hmm. That's what it says, so that I have to rely on God. Mm-hmm. To think about that, think about that where that puts us in the world. Nobody says, "I want to feel weak," mm-hmm. but if you're a child of God, then we do really. That's what we want to do. We want to rely, and that relying on God means putting us in a position from time to time where we're weak and we feel powerless. And when where do we feel weak? Outside our comfort zone. That's right. But we want to stay right there in the center of our comfort zone, but growth doesn't happen there. Yeah, yeah. And he says, power is perfected in weakness, which I I like because what that says is if we rely on God, his power is magnified in what, in our lives. That it's, and I just, I like the thought of that magnification of his power. Mm -hmm. Here's the first question Are you seeing yourself in God's image? (laughs) That's, that's really hard, right? To think about. It is. I know it is for me. My goodness. The idea of, of thinking. We're, we're, we're made to be like God. I mean, think think about that. That's crazy. Especially it's a high bar. When those days we feel inadequate, it's especially hard to, to feel. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we are sinful. We're imperfect people, just as you just mentioned. Um, we get sick. We get old. Uh, we have serious weaknesses. We have disabilities. We have all these things going on. And so that's where the incongruency to me shows up in that we know, you know, I'm, I know as I get older and I get more bald and I get more wrinkled and I think, well, how is that God? God's perfect, mm-hmm. right? So it, it's it's hard to put those two pictures together, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> Uh, but what does that say about being made in God's image? I, I, that, that tells us that God is all about the imperfect, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's. I kind of she may shoot me for this, but I kind of have these conversations with my wife. You know, we we all want to do stuff to 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 stay younger. But I tell my wife all the time, I love your wrinkles. I love that gray hair that may peek through every now and then. Now, she's ready to pull that sucker out. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, I love 
that's the image of God. Yeah. And I'm not saying that if you, I'm not saying, it's, I'm, I might sound conflicted. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with plucking a gray hair out, but to me, to me, that is, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Well, I think this, because I know it's hard for us to square those two things, but then I think, well, if we weren't made in the image of God, then why would be why would we even be worth redeeming? Mm-hmm. We really wouldn't be, right? Why would God care about us at all if it was just something He threw down on the earth? Well, the truth is, He made us in His. He made the animals too. Mm-hmm. He doesn't provide a way for them to get to heaven. Mm-hmm. He did it for us, and that's because we're different than they are because we are made in His image. And He'll do anything for it. You know, my my two boys are made in my image. Yeah, you can Let's see. you can look at one more than the other, and you can see me. But I'll do anything for them, and and that's that's why I always compare our relationship with Christ to a father son father daughter relationship because in most cases fathers will do anything for their kids. Yeah, and in some cases they won't, but that's that's why there's God. That's why He's the perfect picture. We should be – I don't compare our relationship. We shouldn't be par- comparing our relationship with our fathers to God. We should be comparing God's relationship. That's how the that's how the relationship should look, should, not yeah. the other way around. Yeah. Um, how, how about this thought, too? If we're made in the, in the image of God, then that means every person out there, every person is made in the image of God, mm-hmm. not just the saved ones, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so – the thought of treating people any different than you would treat God, right? Because mm-hmm. they're made in the image of God. Now, you don't have to agree with everybody. You don't have to think the same way that everybody thinks. But we are to treat everybody with dignity, with respect. It doesn't matter what they look like. doesn't matter where they came from. doesn't matter what gender. It does, nothing of the, none of that stuff matters because everybody is made in the image of God. And we may think sometimes, well, they don't treat me that way. Hmm. Doesn't that's, matter. That's the way society says we should think. Yeah. But that's the wrong way to think. That's exactly right. It's, yeah. it's we are to treat everybody well, no matter, no matter. So, yeah. Next question. How do you share the good news of Christ? <laughs> you know, yesterday we, we, our staff had a couple of meetings and I got to share my story twice yesterday um every time i share it or every time i see the video of me sharing it um i'm still amazed you know i i'm still amazed by the stories you tell i'm i'm amazed at the story of how god worked in the life of angie hawkins and and so many of the stories that have been submitted us to us through the years in person or on or on social media. But but let me share some truth here. Remember this the next time you go to post on social media. Everybody listen. I will never remember how many miles you ran on a certain day. Mm. I won't. I will never remember your 5K or your marathon PR. Maybe I'm getting close to some people here. I don't know. <laughs> but I will always remember your story yeah, and how God used you. Um, 
I can't tell you how fast of a runner Elizabeth is. I have no idea. We've been Facebook friends for a long time now, but ask me next year what her story is, and Lord willing, I'll be able to tell you in great detail yeah. what her story is. Because our our stories are relevant. Our stories are what we ultimately need to get to. That's why Chapter 10 of the 5K Challenge is called Moving Past the Question, What is Run for God? Yes, we should tell people the answer to that question, but we need to get to our stories because that's the power of our testimony. Yeah. Um, yep. Share your story. You know, yes, it's it's good to it's good to have the highlight reel. There's nothing wrong with that. Social media has done it's great for that. Yeah. But people need context. And if somebody's struggling with something, and maybe it's something that you went through, well, if you're just showing them the highlight reel the all time all all the time, you're gonna push them into a deeper and darker place because that's what the devil will do. Look. Yeah. Look, Elizabeth and Brian, they have it all figured out. They've got a beautiful daughter. They've got the the dog and the cat. They have the perfect American life. And that can discourage people. Yeah. But what Elizabeth's story has given is context. That's right. That God worked in and through her life and has brought her to where she at. That's not where she started. Yeah. Yeah. Preach it. Preach it. (laughs) (laughs) The here it, the thing about our story is they they call the bible well what do we call the bible the good news, the good news. right mm-hmm. the good news and we call it that for a reason because it is good news and our stories are part of the good news and so as tragic as a story may be it's still part of the good news and we should always want to share good news mm-hmm. and so yeah again kudos to elizabeth for sharing hers mm-hmm um all right last question how do you rely on god's strength we talked about that one before right uh, we want to do things on our own mm-hmm. so relying on god is not it's not in my wheelhouse it's not comfortable no it's not comfortable that's right <laughs> that's outside our comfort zone <laughs> but it's but it's worth it that's why you know I've said this before. Society says we need to look ahead, don't look back, blah, blah, blah. We've got to look back. We must look back because it's only then that we can see what God has brought us through. We can Sometimes we talk about the streetlights. Sometimes there's one streetlight lit up ahead of us, and we just, we're uncomfortable. We don't know what God's going to do. But you can look back, and you can see years of streetlights. Mm-hmm. And you can see the, the points where God has, has brought you. And I, so I guess the answer to that question how do you rely on God's strength? For me, it's looking back yeah, and seeing I've been here before. I've been in panic before over something much worse than what I'm going through right now. And I look back and I can see God's hand all over whatever it is. And it gives me the confidence to trust him today. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah. it's the story. It's God's story looking back. And yeah. it's why we have to. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. And we often... I think sometimes we look at what we're doing. We've talked about this before. We talk about what what we're doing. We want God to just bless what we're doing mm-hmm. rather than his strength is going to lead us where he wants us, not where we want to go. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another thing to, to think about. But uh, relying on God's strength is is really, really – for, for some people it's not very difficult. You know, mm-hmm. some people's default is to go to God. And it – I so 
part of me wants to be that person. You know, I want to, I want that to be my. But it, we have to create that in people like you and I that we just want to get the next thing done. We have to create that in ourselves rather than just have it just innately just come out of us like some people do. That comes with experience. Yeah. Because I, I would say there's no doubt that you and I are better at that than we were five oh, years ago. No question. We are a work in progress, and we're never going to have it all figured out on this side of glory. But as long as we're moving forward and we're looking back every now and then, and you know, sometimes you don't know which direction to go. I, I don't know why this idea came to my head, but I used to, we used to have a, a, a fishing boat. And you're, you're going forward, and sometimes you put that waypoint in your GPS, and the boat is going to take you straight to wherever you want to go. Well, what if that, what if that GPS goes out? How do you know how to keep going straight? You turn around, and you look back, yeah, and you can see that straight line, and you're just continuing that straight line, and that's how that's how we know we're making progress with with God. If it doesn't match up with where God had us prior, then it probably means we're on the wrong track going forward. Yeah, and. Uh, well, I think about something that your pastor did back several years ago. He he did a message, maybe it was a series, about looking in the rearview mirror. Mm-hmm. And your windshield is bigger than your rearview mirror. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you, you need to look back. That's why we have a rearview mirror mm-hmm. is so that we can look behind us and see where we've been for, right. for many reasons and what's going on behind us. But that we should be looking forward more than exactly. we look behind us. But being able to look behind us is crazy important. And that's where your story is. That's right. Is behind you. That's right. Yep. Social media? Nope. Grocery store tabloids? Nope. The newspaper? Not usually. The national news? Are you serious? Is there any media source these days that only shares a positive message? A lot of the media we take in each day can be pretty negative. Why not make the decision right now that your music will only be positive? Sign up for an account at jradio.com today and download the app in your app store. With music for every moment and entirely positive Christian message, it'll be nice to hear things going right for a change. All right, we are back, and let's talk about training a little bit. Mm-hmm. For those out there that want to hear some nuts and bolts training stuff, we talk, as coaches, we talk about periodization, right? Right, And so that's a, that's a big word. What does it mean? I think for me it's just the idea that you have different times in your training that you're doing different things. You're focusing on different things, not necessarily doing different things, mm-hmm. but, you know, for, for – I always call it the building blocks, and some people do this different. Mm-hmm. But this is the way we kind of trained our athletes is you have a a base period and you know it is what it is it's it is what it says it's it's the it's the period of time where you're you're just building base you're doing those slow miles which is what you should be doing if you're in the 5k challenge right now you're you're building that base and then you you stack uh strength on top of that you mm-hmm. know some workouts you, you are focused on strength, tempo runs, and things like that. Hill hill workouts, and it's where you're you're you can only put so much strength on the body that your base will allow. So you're 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 bringing that up, and then you go to speed. It's where right. you start building that speed, and you you can only put so much speed that that strength 
will allow you to go. And then you have race prep, race prep, which is kind of the the pinnacle. Yeah. Uh, it's it's moving right into to race week. And like I said, some people do that different. Some people do inverted pyramids and, and all different things. But the concept is very recognized that you've got to do different things at different times if you want to continue to grow as an athlete in a sport. And, and if you're in the marathon challenge, we're going to spend more time in base than anything because most people in here are new. Now, if, you know, you've already said on here that if you've got different needs or you're more advanced, then, then reach out and you'll help them with that. But yeah. the idea of periodization is you just got to do different things at different times to, to grow. Yeah, yeah. It, the thing about periodization and why periodization is so important is that it takes a little bit of time for our body to adapt. Mm-hmm. So what we're doing is we're, we're using some stimulus mm-hmm. to change the way our body functions, basically. Mm-hmm. And that stimulus has to be in there enough to make that change not only happen but then stick mm-hmm. and then before you can move on to the next thing that you want to change and so that's why we do periodization is to create that physical change and then make sure that it sticks and then move on to the next thing and one thing about periodization it's important to understand is that there's usually rest mm-hmm. between some of these segments so a week where we don't do Anything targeted except we kind of go back to what we did at our base period and even cut the mileage back running. a little bit. Yeah. Just do some nice, easy stuff for a little while and then boom, back into yeah, the Yeah, because stuff. if you all you ever do, and you, you, see, you see it even in the 5K challenge that we vary some. If, if all you ever did was go out and run three miles at a 10-minute pace for a whole year, all you're going to be good at is running three miles at a 10 minute pace and right. you, you just kind of get complacent there and your your body will actually um even though you're doing that every single day your body will stop growing becoming stronger because it's just kind of getting complacent yep um you can run those same nine miles a week and start to change it up and you will continue to grow again yep um i'm pretty sure there's a sermon in that I'm pretty sure there is, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the idea that we need to be outside our comfort zone. Yep. And if it's if we ever get to the place where at some point during the weeks we're not stretching and it's hurting and you're going, gosh, I, I don't know if I can do that next workout, then chances are you're not going to be growing. All right, it is time for Dean's thoughts, and that's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. The question is, how much do we know? And I'm going to take an example that I thought that almost everybody knows about, mm-hmm. but I asked my athletes this, my college athletes who should be, and they're great students. They're all great students. And I asked them this question about this, this topic that I'm, I'm on today. They didn't know the answer. I was really highly disappointed. Um, I didn't know it as in detail as you explained it. Yeah. I knew the concept, Yeah, but I didn't, I didn't know the the name the principle you explained yeah i didn't know the name but i I knew the concept yeah right 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 so this is called learning to fly when i was a young student i learned about airflow and how airplanes fly if i asked you how airplanes fly you would probably give me the same principle that i learned it is so widely known that almost everyone who understands how the wings of an airplane work knows how the airflow across the wings lift the aircraft to make it fly. 
It is a universally recognizable effect called the Bernoulli principle. We know that the reason a wing is curved is to make the top side of a wing longer than the bottom side so that it creates a lower air pressure over the top of the wing than the bottom, causing the wing to be lifted and the airplane to fly. So let me ask a question. How does an airplane fly upside down? If the Bernoulli principle is what, it ma what makes it fly, wouldn't it do the opposite if you turned it upside down? The truth is that although the Bernoulli principle does have an effect on the aircraft, it is not the chief reason why it flies. I am so sorry for shattering your <laughs> understanding of flight, but I do it for a reason. Mark Twain once said, what gets us into trouble is not what we don't know, it's what we know for sure that just ain't so. <laughs> the truth is that the reason an airplane flies is what NASA calls the angle of attack of the wings. It's the angle of the wing as it hits the air uh, and the speed of the airplane that are the most important things to make it fly. In fact, there are many airplanes with flat wings, proving that the Bernoulli principle, as it relates to flying, is only a, mi a minor factor in flight. So why did we all believe we knew how airplanes fly only to find out we didn't? How can most people believe something that is just not true? It happens all the time. In the classic example, most people on earth thought that the world was flat at one time. And there are other things that we know that will one day be proven false. Training principles and our understanding of the way our bodies work when we run have evolved over time. Do you know that before Roger Bannister broke the four-minute barrier for the mile, there was a consensus in the scientific community that the human body could not endure the demands needed to run sub-four? Today, the record is more than 15 seconds faster. They were wrong. What assumptions do you have about your running? What are the things that you can't do? Have you read something that has you convinced that you need to drink 100 ounces of water a day? Well, I challenge you to research that a little. You may be surprised by what you find. Are you limiting yourself because of an experience that you had? Did you struggle to finish a run when it was bitter cold or when it was really hot and now you have limited yourself when it comes to when you choose to run? In general, I'm challenging you to ask questions. Be extra careful about what you read and what you hear, too. Look at the sources and find the details that prove a point. One thing we know for sure is that it's just as easy to print false words as true words. And when you struggle with something, remember this. Just because something didn't work once, don't let that limit you from doing it again. I have told the story of the day that my neighbor had to take me home because I was struggling so mightily that I couldn't even walk home. What did I do the next day? Well, I went for a run, and I was fine. Just to be clear, I'm not saying that we should take chances that put ourselves in potential danger, but often our fears are built on flimsy evidence that are, that are flog, fogging our brains and tricking us into thinking we can't do something. I like to challenge common knowledge. What happens from there is one of two things. One, the strengthening of my belief and the consensus, or two, the changing of my mind to gain a better understanding of a topic. I challenge things in the Bible. Let me give you an example. 
recently, it came to me that God told the disciples to go witness to the world. When I thought, well, he was talking to them. Does that mean it doesn't include me? Now, you might think that was blasphemous, but the Bible is full of people who question God. So I'm in good company. You know what came from that? The absolute certainty in my mind that we should all be witnessing to people every day. Well, isn't that a great thing? What I have found is that every time I question something about my relationship with Christ, I find things in the Bible that bring me closer to him. Although there are some common misconceptions about the Bible, like read how many of each animal Noah took on the ark, for example, the most important principles are always firmly supported. And every day we find new evidence through science that the Bible is accurate. We know that because we know that because someone connected with science challenged knowledge. So let's recap. Airplanes fly for a variety of reasons, a minor one being the Bernoulli principle. And the Bible is proving to be the word of God over and over. Even though we live in a world where things change all the time, the Bible hasn't changed, nor will it ever. That's a great story, Dean. I wonder how many people are going to grab their Bible right now and flipping over to Genesis to see how many animals are on the ark. Yeah, I wonder. Because <laughs> you want to know the truth? What? I did. did I you? was like, what is he getting at here? So I went to Gen- and when I read it, I remembered it, but yeah, yeah, it's it's not two of every kind of animal. I know. We automatically, that's their answer, though. I mean, that's so, what we were talking Bible school. That's right. Sure. So, so yeah, I'm not going to give you the answer. We're not going to talk about the answer, but... Go get your Bible and flip to Genesis, and you'll realize we were all wrong. That's right. (laughs) So you think it's good to question God? I do. I do. And I know that sounds really weird, Um, but some of the the world's um, most recognized atheists have become some of the most renowned theologians now and followers of Christ because they were questioning God. Because if... If you question God and you question the Bible, you're going to find the right answers. That's right. And we know what the right answers are. Yep. Uh, many times we take them at face value because, you know, I I don't have to know how many animals were on the ark, but I know the Bible says it, and therefore I know it's true. Um, so I, I don't really question. But many times we, we do. It's, it's our human nature to kind of question things, and that's why we don't need to listen to my pastor your pastor you know charlie my pastor is good about saying don't believe me yeah open your bible and read it for yourself yeah um and we need to do that because there's plenty of things out there you know abraham lincoln said that everything on the internet is true that's right (laughs) (laughs) and people people will hear me say that and they're like yeah he did say that (laughs) i read that on the internet just think about it for a second um (laughs) But there's there's lots and lots and lots of places out there that are trying to discredit the Bible. And you're right. I've never heard it put that way, but it's just as easy to print lies as it is truth. Um, and I, I fight this battle with my kids so so often sometimes. Not about the things of the Bible, but, you know, Lane to come out and say, well, you know, these this is the this is the best shoe of all time. Where, where did you read that? Well, I read it on their website. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and that's probably that. a bad example, but you you know what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, it's it's easy. We do the same thing. Yeah, we read something, and I'll come tell you about it, and you're like, well, "Where did you read that?" I'm like, "Well, I, 
read it on the internet and yeah. I, as soon as i say it out loud i'm like you moron what what are you doing yeah um so yeah you know, um but do i think it's good to question god absolutely because i know then it's going to prove him right every time and it's going to grow my faith stronger and stronger yeah i think back to when i was in high school you'd met my high school coach sure i love my high school coach to this day we still i still see him every once in a while um for some people, he's a hard guy to love, mm-hmm. but but he he means a lot to me and helped me mold me into who I am today in part uh, because of the way he was and who he was. But I remember always asking questions. I'm an inquisitive person. I like to ask questions, and I would question him. And he never looked at me and said, why are you asking me that question? Right. You know, he always figured out the answer and gave me an answer to the questions that I had. And I had so much respect for him for that because he had a – a deep bedrock principle behind everything that he said and thought as far as training goes. And that's what I'm talking about, training principles. And then I went to college, and I had a coach that couldn't answer questions. And you could tell, got frustrated when I asked him questions. Uh, And I had a really, really hard time Mm -hmm. uh, because he didn't want to answer those questions. Well, let me assure you that God is the former and not the latter. Mm Mm-hmm. God wants us to ask questions if sure. we have them because he wants to be able to answer them because just like my first coach, he always had a good answer. Well, God always has a good answer. Mm-hmm. We just have to – if we if we sincerely seek the answer, we will find the answer for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Yep. So anyway, <laughs> we can rely on God to give us any answer to any question, and that's why I think we should ask questions. If you don't know the answer and you don't ask the question – then you'll never know the answer. That's right. If you've ever participated in any sport, you've probably met a great coach. Great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible. You can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible. You, yes, you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person. All you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan. The Run for God 5K Challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you. The step-by-step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things. Oh my goodness, we have a bunch of people coming to Dalton, Georgia for the uh, 5K in April, don't we? Yeah, I'm I'm excited about this. You know, if you're a member of Run Club, um, not only are you getting in the 5K for free, uh, you got to come to Dalton, which a lot of people are. Yeah. Um, but we're going to have a dinner on Saturday night. And man, I can't wait to meet the, I can't wait to. I can't wait to see Elizabeth again now that I know her story. Yeah. And Angie and all, all these names that we know. Yeah. We we know all these names from the from the group and it's going to be it's going to be really cool just to have all these people in one place. So if if you're on the fence about whether to come or not, I know for some of you it's it's a long way. Um but it's going to be so awesome. Yeah. I encourage you to if you can make the trip, make the trip. And uh we just want to hang out with you. And I'm going to tell you this. This is how important you guys are to me. We have a race. Our college girls have a national championship race mm-hmm. on that Friday morning. And I'm going to get on. They're not coming home until Saturday. Mm-hmm. But I'm coming home on Friday. 
because I want to see you guys. Mm-hmm. So I can't wait. That's how excited I am. I booked a separate plane ticket from everybody else on the team just so I could get there. And, and, get and there we're quicker. keeping it low key, and you, you, we're doing that for a reason. I, yeah. I want it to be about the relationship and the stories and just getting to know each other. You know, we could have all the glitz and glamour and events and schedules, and we're going to do this and this and this and that, but I, I want to be able to connect. So we're just going to spend a lot of time together. Um, we're going to have some good old Southern barbecue on Saturday night. i got a buddy that's just an incredible. So probably that morning during the race, you're going to be smelling oh. the barbecue cooking, which if you're like me, I can I can envision that, envision that very well right now. That's, um, that may be hard to run. <laughs> make you, it may make you run faster. Maybe knows? so. Maybe um, so. But, yeah, we want you to come to Dalton. The race is free. The dinner, I think, is $10. Yeah. Uh, per plate. Your family's welcome. You know, one lady said, I didn't know if I was going to get my husband to come and, until you said barbecue, and now he's in. So, uh, <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited about it. Do you think we're going to have some more races locally here now that, you know? I we, think we are, even though, as far as I know, run it, the, the Run for God 5K is the only race around this spring. It sure looks that um, way. So I think we're kind of first out of the gate on that and i'm okay with that we're gonna the race is gonna be set up to where if you want to distance you're gonna have that opportunity we're gonna have a, a really big starting area so you can distance if you want to but um we're not gonna have a whole lot of rules at the start line if you want to if you want to step up to the starting line with shoulder to shoulder everybody we're gonna allow that uh so it's it's gonna be at your own discretion how but you there'll be plenty of space there's out plenty there of space i mean it is back. 80 acres yeah that we have it's yeah. our church property and we you and i built a cross-country trail uh and when i say cross-country trail don't let that scare you it's nice smooth grass and mulch and bridges it's beautiful yeah uh, so it. it's not your it's not your crazy stump jump type of trail race it's a it's it's really better than asphalt i yeah. think it's just it's very cushiony and comfortable and i think you'll enjoy it yeah i hope it's gonna feel pretty normal here because i'm 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 about over all this stuff you know our college girls are still having to be tested before every meet right um, which is sometimes very hard logistically to get done um, high school athletes you know we had a track meet last night we had several that weren't there because they're mm-hmm. quarantined not because they're sick but yeah. because they came into contact with someone who was. And it's really, really frustrating. I uh, think we could see a lot at the end of the tunnel. I know for some states, they're still on pretty pretty harsh measures of shutting down. But I think yeah. even those places are starting to – you're starting to see a change in the tide. And it's, yeah. it's, it's, time, to, it's, time, to get, it's time to get past this. Well, and the, the numbers of people infected are coming sure. down tr- I mean, quickly right yeah, now. Yeah. And so hopefully with the fact they're coming down and the, uh, what do you call vaccines. it? The vaccines the that are being are administered up. now with yeah. those going up and, and the cases coming down. And hopefully, I don't know how far out it is, but the weather's going to start getting a little bit warmer. And right. as the weather gets warmer, people are outside more. And it, it's so hopefully... Yeah. It's uh, I heard one guy say that he thought that by April it would be almost gone. And I'm like, praise God, I hope you're right. (laughs) I'm telling you what, it's uh, the past two days and today, I'm looking out the window right now, it's sunny and 70 degrees right here in Georgia. It's got my, I'm just so excited. Now, I know we're going to get slapped in the face again by 
if if you're not from the south, you probably don't know these terms, but we have dogwood winter and we have blackberry winter. Yeah. And it's it's when everything starts to bloom and then boom, here comes snow and cold temperatures and we usually have that a couple more times, but man, this has really got my it's wet my whistle on. I'm ready for spring. Yeah, yeah. It is time for a trivia question. So this is a very interesting trivia question. Mm. And it is this. When you lose weight, how does the weight leave your body? Have you ever thought about that? I haven't. Well, that's. do you know the answer to it? I don't know the answer. All right. So if you have the answer, email dean at dean at runforgod.com the answer and your shirt size men's or unisex or ladies we have both both styles both cuts uh if you're the first one to email that to dean at runforgod.com you'll win a run club kit which have devotions as a t-shirt as a coffee mug bumper sticker all the goodies yeah Um, but you don't need to send it to messenger you don't need to send it to customer service it has to be sent to dean at runforgod.com Absolutely. I can't wait to see them. We had a pretty good response this past week. Yeah. Yeah, we did. So every week we share a reason why running is so awesome. For this week, it's this. It makes things that used to seem hard seem easy. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? I do. I do. I'm going through that right now. Like yeah. I said, I'm, I'm going through this with everybody, and I look back when I start thinking, man, this is a little tougher than it was yesterday. Yeah. But I look back five weeks, and I think, I've made some progress. Yeah. And once you battle through as a runner, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter if you're a beginning runner, there are battles. If mm-hmm. you're a seasoned runner, mm-hmm. there are battles. And those things make everything a little bit easier. And I think that it helps us to face, when we have tough times in general, not even physically, mental tough times, mm-hmm. I think that it helps us to be able to steel ourselves against those things that we have a difficult time facing when we're runners. Mm-hmm. So there's a mental and a physical side. And if uh, if you are in the Couch to Marathon program and you've never run a marathon before, once you do, your life will be changed that day. Absolutely. No question about it. You can, you're, you, you can do a lot of things. If you can run a marathon, and you can, you'll be able to do a lot of things that you thought you can never do not just the marathon but so many other things in your life struggles that you deal with um lots of things that yeah it'll change you yeah suddenly some of those things that seem just beyond your grasp you'll you'll think that's right there it's right in front of me yep absolutely our motivational thought of the week comes from franklin delano roosevelt the only limit to our realization of tomorrow will be our doubts of today Hmm. How about that one? Never heard that. I'd never heard that that. one either, but I found it and I thought, wow, that's really good. Uh, Doubt gets in the way of our success all the time. That's, I I think about the Nike slogan all the time. Just do it. Just do it. I love that slogan because it really is, sometimes it's just that simple. When I find myself complicating things, a lot of times that's what I tell myself. Just do it. Just do it. (laughs) You, you tend to call yourself names sometimes, too, I, I do. think. And yeah, I do. I do I, that, too. I may be a little Lane strange. calls you names, too, sometimes. Though. I know he does. I know he does. <laughs> but you turned that on him I yesterday. Do. You turned I, that back on that's him. That's <laughs> right. That's right. I'll give him a hard time, and I'll keep doing it, uh, and he'll keep doing it. Yeah. <laughs> if you're here 
and you're part of Run Club, make sure you're sharing Run Club with others, right? Mm-hmm. Make sure that we're we're trying, we're growing, and we're reaching out to more folks because the bigger we are, the more people we reach for Jesus, Absolutely. and that's the bottom line, right? So, share the podcast, give us a review. Let us know how we're doing. I talked before about Dean at runforgod.com. You can send messages there to, to let us know if there's some things you think we can do differently. And I've gotten some some good response from people, some good ideas. So, okay, everybody, you're doing great. Keep up the great training. Keep supporting one another on the Facebook page and everywhere else. And keep glorifying God in your running and all that you do. Now, may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.